Welcome to the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. to our table, Carl. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to johnbrandy.com and become a click member, mm-hmm. a comedy click member. That'd be a good thing. We'd love to have you. We, this is uh, the midweek, midweek episode. Yeah, we have a lot of bonus content. And we have, yeah. And if you like it, then put your money where your mouth put is. Put your money where your heart, where your heart is. I like that better. Oh. Your heart, because you you don't like things with your mouth. You like things with your heart. So put your money where it's your not, The expression heart doesn't have anything is. to do with what you like. It has everything to do with what you talk about. If you say, I like this podcast, mm-hmm. then you're supposed to talk with your With your wallet. mouth. Talk with your wallet. <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. Okay, but what about your heart? It has nothing to do with it. But your heart is what is telling your mouth what to say, not your wallet. Really? You don't like things with your wallet. Why do you keep trying to make it about what you like? This, the expression has nothing to do with what you like. Because you would, you would not support this podcast unless you liked it. No. If you, you wouldn't support say, it if you didn't like it. If you say that you like it, mm-hmm. then talk with your money. That's what the expression is saying. It's challenging people to act by supporting with their money what they claim to like with their mouth mm-hmm. but but what if they never actually say that they like it if they never if you never articulate that you like it you should still support it we just if said, your heart feels like we just it. said if you like it then put your money where your mouth is. right we said if you like it we didn't say if you say you like it well we're inviting them to say it when we ask them do uh-huh. you like this show yes <laughs> did you say yes no comment with your mouth don't look don't look away did don't, you say, don't act like you don't know that, that we're talking to you did you say anything with your mouth yeah okay. you can become a click member and it's cheap it's cheap and you can play board games with us and come to the effort party and you haven't played board games for a long time we haven't played board games for a while but it's still it helps us it helps us to be we've played board games support. at this table but not online with the click members for a while so, uh, well, you, you were uh, lamenting that you don't know whether or not your uh, ability, what was it? Your ability to parent. I don't know which is less in my control. Which is less in your my control? Your ability to sleep at night or your ability to parent. Yes, to raise Colin. godly children. To raise godly Colin children. Colin specifically is the one that's stressing me out today. Today. But yeah, it's constant push pull, this tension between what's our role and what's God's role and how do we. How do we faithfully discipline ourselves and our children and trust that God will cover the rest? Well, I saw a thing uh, yesterday, I guess. Somebody posted on Twitter that uh, those who attack public education fear an educated public. That was their comment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those who attack public education fear 
an educated public. Those who say things like that probably were educated in public school where false dichotomies are not challenged. <laughs> they probably picked that up in a public classroom somewhere uh-huh. where no one taught them that this does not necessarily follow that. Right. That cause, cause and effect. and it doesn't work like you think it does. Yeah. Causation is not Our necessary. young scholar, young scholarly Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, I, a uh, couple of, I had a couple of thoughts about it, but basically I just responded. I said, those who attack home education fear an educated family, but somebody fixed it for me and said it better. Somebody said, those who attack home education fear an educated home, mm-hmm. um, which is an equally false dichotomy, but... Mm-hmm. It does serve to, uh, I think, point out point out the false dichotomy. But I had a couple of interesting things. Uh, one guy said, I won't be able to find it. Okay. Those who attack home education fear a flawed and incomplete education that reflects the biases of the parents. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. And those who attack public education uh-huh. fear a flawed education that reflects the biases of the government employee teachers. Yeah. 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 Well, so it, I'm glad we're tracking now. Well, on yeah. What the problem I, I, is. I don't know that he, I, I don't know that this person it was even aware that, that I would, yeah, I, I, that he's outing himself and that he doesn't necessarily, that's, that's not necessarily the sort of thing that you say to somebody who, you know, who is not uh, pro-public education already? Because that's that's the very reason that we're that we are that, that we're criticizing public education is because you're 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 wanting to replace the quote-unquote biases of the parents with your own biases, right? Right. You know, your and your your children. Education is indoctrination, and so you're going to indoctrinate kids with something with some sort of philosophy you just jumped like six steps ahead of most people and we had this conversation in our discussion service at at church on sunday Mm -hmm. and i thought that everybody might have been tracking by the end of it and then we still ended up not not being on the same page you didn't think everybody was on the same page no they were still saying things like at the end some beloved members of our congregation brothers of mine our tribe fellowship with we're still saying things like, yeah, I think the problem really is just, you know, let me teach the moral stuff and let let the school, the teacher, the educator teach, you know, reading and writing. Right. As if you could divorce <clears throat> right. ethics and morality from generalized education so about math. I brought up the abolition of man and C.S. Lewis and, you know, the idea that education is always moral, all education. There are no amoral subjects. You can't teach music art, gym class, you can't teach any of those things apart from without morality. moral assumptions. You're making assumptions. And if you don't know that, it's probably because much like the fish in a bowl of water who does not realize he's wet, you've been so surrounded by the morality of your teachers for so long that it's never even been questioned. I mean, you can't even see it. And so you think that you can categorize them in two different places. There's education over here that's neutral morally and then over there you've got what the parents do the parents teach the religion or the parents right. teach what's right, right. And wrong. school public school especially 
is separate. Church and state is separate. So there is no religious teaching that happens in public school. And in, in like on like the Fight, Laugh, Feast network and with people from, you know, Moscow or people who are in reformed circles where they're really familiar with this, they listen to podcasts like ours all the time. And they go, we've, been, we've covered this a million this. times before. They can recite this. They, they grasp it in their sleep. They could recite it. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I don't know if they're aware that it's still like really challenging for other people they, to wrap their minds around. Yeah, we, we are not part of the Moscow uh, congregation. We don't live in Moscow. We don't live in Moscow. We don't attend right. a Reformed church. And, and so we have conversations with real live people on a regular basis, who say things like, "Yeah, it's the it's the parents' job to teach morality, and the public school teachers should not." Right. The problem is that just more recently, the government schools have started like taking over in the moral areas, and they're like indoctrinating students with LGBT agenda or with pro-abortion stuff from Planned Parenthood, or they're starting to like push, you know, the idea of race, uh, critical race theory, and if they would just do away with that. And go back to the way things right. were, you know, like in the 40s and the 50s. Right, we just want to roll back the critical race stuff, and then we have no problem with fine. what they're teaching. Right, yeah. then, we could, then parents could teach sex ed at home, and everything else that's being taught by the, you know, soccer coach and yeah. the art teacher is amoral, which is not immoral, but just neutral, like not pertaining to morality. Right. And that's just not true. Right, well, it's compounded in our circle by this uh by this attitude that says that we're trying to we're trying to get along with everybody and so when we suggest as we often do that homeschooling educating your children is not just superior to public school but as a christian it's your responsibility it's your it is your god's god has commanded you to train up your children you know with their you know in in according to his laws and decrees and so when we uh, when we suggest that 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 is your responsibility, there is some pushback in the form of, well, not everybody is capable of doing that. Not everybody is cut out to be uh, an educator. Right. Not, not, not everybody's good at it. And, and so, some so you can send some. You can send your kids to public school, and they will be they will get a better education than what you can give them because you're not gifted right and there are some districts some schools where there are lots of christians and they're not teaching critical race theory right and they do a good job talking about how the parents are still in charge and so as long as they're telling the parents they're still in charge i mean that that's got to be true that's that's all that you can hope for from a neutral education system they they will teach numbers which have nothing to do with morality. No. They will teach history, just which the facts. Which has nothing to do has with... nothing to do with morality. There will be no bias or spin on their history. They It'll won't be just teach, facts. They won't teach evolution. And so science, you know, apart from evolution, has nothing to do with God and morality. No. And no. so it's okay for them to just teach the facts, and then you as the parent can insert the idea that, oh, yeah, God did all that at the dinner table. Right. Like, everything you learned at school today, God, you know... <laughs> Right. That's that's good enough. That's going to teach them. And that's what it means to have a and neutral that's, education. That's the role of the parents. Yes. To just say, God did everything. By the way, God is behind the scenes pulling all those levers and knobs. There you go. There you go. That's what you need to know. That's what, what you didn't hear at school today. Agree and ditto to everything that was taught by, mm-hmm. you know, the tennis, the tennis guy 
or the the violin instructor or your Spanish your tutor tutor did did out all tutor. of that everything they said also know that the reason is because of God boop boop done Ta-da. now your education is complete it's complete we have joined the two ends into a perfect circle so I I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little discouraged just a little discouraged on Sunday to hear... Well, like, don't lie. Even after describing that concept about how all education is moral, all of it, mm-hmm. it, it is by nature teaching children not just how to think, but also what to think. I said that on Sunday. Right. It's teaching them to order their passions, teaching them what to love and what to hate because this is what God loves and this is what God hates. Right. And this is what's beautiful because God finds it beautiful. And this is what's good because god defines it as good all of that is involved in teaching everything from like diagramming sentences to you know to reducing fractions like all of it goes everything back to is god. religion it's all religious and i say all of this on sunday morning and and somebody in, in one of the front rows says you know i i'm thinking i'm agreeing with you i think that it totally depends on who's doing the teaching i think our kids are going to become like their teachers and i'm nodding like yes Yes, and then he goes, and if they would just get back to, you know, teaching the basics and not trying to teach critical race theory, then it would all be fine. Everything would be good. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And that's how I feel today. That's how I feel today with my oh, son. we were so close. It's I how I feel with, we were. it's how I feel with trying to get to sleep at night. You know, it's like, I feel like we make some progress and then all of a sudden it seems like, oh, we're just taking steps backward now. And maybe this is just God continually drilling into my head his own his own timetable, his own sovereignty, his own he's so slow by my I know. by my well, standards. It's it, what we want is for everybody to be on the same page at the same time. That's right. what we want. Right. And when we when we're not all on the same page simultaneously, we feel like we are not united in any right. way. And we yeah. want to see immediate results for our labor. Like if I paint the garage, I want to see a garage of a different shade by the end of the day. Like I worked all day. I worked for hours painting the garage. Now the garage is painted. See how that works? And if I work all day educating a child or talking with a brother in Christ about you know education, right. I want to get to the end of the day and have a son who is educated and or a, a brother, brother in Christ. who is on the same page yeah. as you. Yeah, and like... and. And it's frustrating because I'm not totally sure why humans are not like the garage that's been painted. Like, no, I, I don't know either. I honestly don't know what we're missing here. Like, how did this happen? How can I say to my eight-year-old to go and do his penmanship paper literally a dozen times? And I can he still say doesn't go and times. do it. And I'm thinking to myself, is this me? Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I going about this wrong? Is there some way that I can instill, that I can say it or or inflict a consequence or praise him for good doesn't behavior. It, doesn't it kind of come down to doing what you ought to do or not doing what you ought to do? And isn't that, isn't that kind of the story of, of every individual, even after you're grown up? I mean, don't you, there, there's no person literally telling you what you're supposed to do. That's on you. But you, but you, you do the same thing, don't you? Don't you? Don't you know there are certain things you're supposed to do, and for some reason you just don't do them? 
I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh. and this is a situation where I'm asking, is there something I'm supposed to be doing? And I'm not getting an answer on it. Like, I'm here going, I'm ready to do this the right way. I'm ready to parent in such a way or communicate in such a way that this message gets across. Help me know what to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no matter what I do, that garage is still the same color that it was <laughs> when I started. That's how it feels. And I mentioned this right. in the last episode we just recorded. But episode. if you're, but if you're I want encouragement, on it, like it can't I want, be the same. I want people to tell me that eventually it pays off. Like eventually, the garage is going to be a different eventually color. Eventually, somebody learns something. Like and and I just talked to Emery about this this morning. Emery's my six year old. <laughs> she read a word. She had a great attitude. She's obviously been working hard today, trying to, you know, be pleasant, to be good, and obedient. And it's partly, I think, because she knows that Collins in hot water you know how little that sisters does are. happen when when one of the siblings is being naughty it yeah. does sort of make the other siblings shine a little brighter because they're like well this is going to make him look even worse well so. i don't know if she's trying to make him look worse i think sometimes she is but i think just like i i put the fear of god in all of the children this morning when i finally brought down the Snapped. hammer and said do what i am telling you i had already i had spanked i had you know physically moved them back to the chair over and over and over again and they just weren't listening did you try yelling that was when i did you try yelling really them. loud yes that's when it scared them okay and i'm honestly not sure that that was the right thing to do but like again i'm here at a loss going what is the right thing to do because i'm told i'm supposed to to get this garage painted and right it it doesn't and so look anything like that working. we do anything that you do that doesn't result in obedience you're tempted to go, well, that obviously wasn't the right thing to do. And right. maybe right. maybe it wasn't, but maybe it was. Maybe maybe disobedience is just disobedience, and even when you handle it properly, it remains disobedience. Yeah, well, it has remained disobedience. But what I was saying was Emery actually read, you know, the words that I told her to read as soon as I told her to read them, and I said, thank you for reading those. And I said, do you know that back when we started school, you know, back in August, that you did not know how to read this word because it's a two vowel word and you learned the two vowel rule at some point this year. And since she learned it, you know, a few, some number of weeks back, she's perfected it. She's also learned a bunch of blends and special sounds like SH together and TH together. Well, that's progress. And she read, you know, the word street or something like that. And I said, that's a word you could not read at the beginning of this school year. And her eyes kind of, opened a little wider like that's true and i said see you're you're learning some things and so in that respect see we were able to put our finger on some progress so the garage is a slightly different shade part of it the corner of the garage has perhaps changed color yes well now see you're talking about I, I don't know that my garage has fully been painted. And you're right. however old you are. <laughs> I know. And that's what's so stressful about it. That's why I said that this process feels so long and that it's slow. And, you know, I have this, this perfectionism, these things that I want done on my timetable. I know that about myself. But... But yeah, trying to trying to find that difference between what's my responsibility and what's God's responsibility and to be to be content with that, to to continue to to plug away at what I'm supposed to do even if it doesn't seem like it's working to my, you know, satisfaction. Mm -hmm. It's 
a struggle. Well, being being aware of it, I think, is is important because there are uh, a group of people. Again, we're talking about our our location. This may not be relatable to any of you other people in the FLF network. No, but, but please email us with your encouraging stories yeah. if you have yeah, them. Yeah, if you if if this is foreign to you, if you don't know anything. If you don't know anything about this situation, then let us know that it doesn't exist everywhere on planet Earth because it feels like it does. But there's a uh, there's a reluctance to to even do uh, have have a conversation with people about about this. Uh, or let's just say education. There's there's a reluctance to even talk about education and what's the proper way to educate because the, a more important priority in our neck of the woods is getting along with everybody, and so we don't want to have a we don't want to be critical of I don't say the know. public school system because there are people who are involved in the public school system and we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to make enemies it's, it's of those. It's actually people. worse than that. I don't even think that it, they're motivated by getting along. Oh, because well, if good. You say I thought you were going to disagree with me. So that's what I'm disagreeing. I mean, I'm disagreeing with you. But you're saying it's worse, and so I'm I'm okay with that. They're so. not. They. If you were to say you're motivated by trying to just get along with people or keep people happy, they say that's not it. And the reason that they say that that's not it is because they've never even asked themselves what motivates them. They don't even know what motivates them. Because they're the product of public education. <laughs> it's all been, this, these assumptions are so deeply ingrained inside their psyche. They have never been taught to ask a question. They've never been taught to peel something back and, and, and look for the you know, foundational truth in the matter. They don't know how to evaluate themselves. They don't themselves. know how to ask why. They don't know how to yeah, self, be self-critiquing. They don't, they don't know how to critique anything. The Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis is all about like, it's all about one single paragraph in one textbook in Great Britain at the time that he was writing. And what they had said about like a paragraph, about how to write a good, clear, you know, informative paragraph. It was like an English writing textbook. That's it. And it was one example that the authors of the textbook had used about how to write well. You know, this is what you should do. You should not appeal to your own perspective on things. You should not appeal to emotion because emotion isn't logical and logic is the thing that you should always, you know, everything in the world is either logical or reasonable or religious and subjective, you know. And so you've got objective reason and you've got subjective feelings or whatever. And they they were not even unpacking it as far as I just did. They just had those assumptions underneath what they were telling these kids about how to write well. You should not write from an emotional standpoint. Right. You should write from a logical and right. rational standpoint. That was all they said. You right. should write facts and not and not opinions, right. basically. Which all of us, I think, have seen in textbooks for English writing before. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, this, there's opinion pieces that you can write that are from your perspective. The rest of the time, you should be objective and rational and reasonable right. and logical. And so C.S. Lewis is basically explaining right. how that's not possible. Because unless you understand the source of reasonability, the source of logic, which is God, then you can't understand anything. Like, it's all foundational to your understanding of God. And, um, and so <laughs> that he's talking about how in order to raise children up properly, in order to educate a future man properly, you have to order their passions. You have to teach them not to stop feeling 
but how to feel appropriately, how to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And these people that we, you know, we interact with now in our circles have missed that. They haven't been educated in that area. I don't even think that I have been educated in that area as completely as I would like. In the area of? Of having rightly ordered passions, of of loving what God loves and hating what God hates. You know, if God loves to, to disciple his own children, if he loves to discipline them and raise us up and parent us as a good, loving father, I'm not doing it right today because I'm not enjoying the process. You know, I'm not enjoying trying to help my children grow and learn in the way that I'm told that God does. And so, so yes, we now have people, you know, at church, in our neighborhoods, at the grocery store, in our circles, everywhere, who are not even sure of their own reasons for, um, for thinking and acting the way that they do and stating the things that they state. They're just, it's a hodgepodge of things that they picked up from various textbooks and commercials and probably memes and, do you think that people have a hard time differentiating between fact and opinion? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and they've been told all the time that fact is good and opinion is bad. Uh-huh. And that's not necessarily true. Well, r- right. That's not true. But there's also, uh, I, I was having a back and forth with some uh, person who told me that the, that the Bible is fiction and Uh-oh. it's inappropriate for children. And so pause. you have to go. I have to pause. My kids are about to cry very loudly. So I was just going to mention that this person, uh, this person said when when I said, "Well, there's," uh, it's a long story. I don't want to unpack it all. Basically, she she claims to be an atheist, and her children are atheists, and they arrived at it on their own because they're very smart, and they, and smart people don't believe in fictional you know, Bible things and so on. And I said, well, and then she hoped that my hatred and uh, thievery would be exposed. And I said, well, you know, a, a consistent atheist doesn't have a problem with hatred or thievery. Those are, there's not, there's no such thing as sin. And she said, well, that's your opinion. And it, it, there is a group of people who believe that if they just, anything that you say to them that they don't like they just chalk that up to as being your opinion well that's your opinion right that's what they've been taught right they were taught that in school right that's what i'm saying that they don't know the difference between fact and opinion fact is science and whatever your science teacher says is a fact and opinion is anything your pastor says any conclusions that you draw from from spiritual ideas well or, or from science you know if you if you've got a any anything that I don't like, I just chalk that up as your opinion, well, right? But, and my opinion is different. But they've so. been taught that there's a difference between facts and opinions, and so facts are good, facts are solid, facts are unchanging, and opinions are completely subjective. And the fact is that all facts are God's opinion. That's really what the definition of a fact is. A fact is just the objective opinion of the almighty God. The buck stops with him. It's anything that cannot be taken apart or gravity is God's opinion or removed from the equation. Anything that, that is, that stands, you know, outside of chemistry is uh, God's opinion. Yeah. Outside of ourselves, anything that's outside of us that is unchangeable, 
unchanging. Mm-hmm. And God is the only thing that's completely unchanging all the time. Like he is he is the foundation that allows there to even be such thing as a fact in the first place. None of this is being taught in public school because that's considered religious, Religion, quote right. unquote. And so now you have a bunch of yahoos running around talking about fact and opinion with no basis for either fact or, or opinion. opinion. And right. so well, they, that's my point. They don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe. <laughs> and so when you say things like, oh, you're just trying to get along with everybody, you're actually giving them too much reasonability. You're actually assigning <laughs> motives to them that you can't assign to them because there's no foundation well, I under was, it. I was referring to our Christian brothers and sisters, not necessarily Dad, the straight up our pagans. Christian brothers and sisters went to public school too. They're not disciples. They don't know this stuff. But if you were to, I, I know, but if you were to ask them, if you were to ask them what they're, what they're trying to do, they'll tell you they're trying to find common ground. They're trying to get along with people. They're trying to, they're trying to avoid making enemies of people and pushing them away from Jesus until they have a chance to fully explain yeah, their I don't, point of view. I don't think they would even say that because you've tried. You've said you're just trying to, to keep people happy and they say, no, I'm not because there's some part of them that knows that that's wrong. They don't want to get along with pagans because when you point out that that's completely against scripture, that you're not supposed to find what, what, what does light have with darkness? You know, what, what does light have in common with darkness? Mm -hmm. They know instinctively, or they know through reading the scripture that that's wrong. So they will deny it. They will deny that that's what they're trying to do. They're not Mm -hmm. trying to get along with pagans. They literally have no idea what they're trying to do. They're just assuming they're, they're operating on the same assumptions that were instilled in them as very small children. So they're just doing, they're just doing doing. things. Well, what's, what's with all the apologies for, uh, for suggesting that homeschool is, is superior to public school. That's what they learned. Why do they apologize? Because they learned in public school that you should not bash public school. Right. Right. But that, but that's it. They're just regurgitating. I mean, subconscious ideas. Yeah. Don't bash public school because you went to public school. Yeah. And that's why it resonates with them when you say things like, you know, religion is just indoctrination. People just repeat what they heard at church. They're like, oh, that's probably true. Because here I am just repeating what I learned in school. I'm just repeating what my teachers told me for 12 years. But do they, but they don't say, they don't know they're doing that though. No, I don't. Again, they haven't been taught to peel back the layers and actually examine their own motives. They haven't been taught to discern or be self-critiquing. But that is, that is what's going on. Like, in their experience, everybody in their circle, every all of their peers are just repeating what somebody in authority told them. And there's no why other than chemicals. You know, there's no uh-huh. there's no explanation other than <laughs> blind chance. There's no why. Did I uh did I ever tell you the story about my trip to Stratford, Ontario for the Shakespeare Festival when I was in high school? Mm. And the, nope. We stayed in a hotel, and the uh, the gang, it was our English class, our, our specifically our Shakespeare uh, class, and so our teacher took us, this was back in the days when you could do that, when you could load up a, a bunch of high school kids and take them to another country. Um, mm-hmm. And so we went up to uh, Canada for the Shakespeare Festival, and we spent a couple of nights in a in a motel a hotel which was very cool and they gave us the assignments so we we were each assigned 
I think three roommates or something like that, three or four roommates. And so the, the teacher was on the bus leveling or giving out the assignment. You're going to be on this, you're going to be on this floor. This is your room. You're going to be on this floor. This is your room. And it got to, it got to the three guys who were sort of the, uh, the uh, troublemakers in the class and you guys are on the first floor and you're in room 105 or whatever. And they were like, all right, first floor, we're out of here. And so the idea was that since they were on the first floor, they were going to be able to sneak out of their room mm -hmm. and go, you know, just just go crazy in Stratford, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my friend and I were basically making fun of them in the back of the bus. It's like, what are they, they're going to break out and go downtown you know, at one o'clock in the morning in Stratford, Ontario, what are they going to do? What are they, what, what, but they were, it, it's, it reminded me of that when you were talking about people who are just, they, they just do things. And these guys were super excited about the possibility of being able to sneak out of their hotel and do what? They don't even know. They, they don't even know what they were so excited about, right. but by golly, they were all enthusiastic because they were on the they were on the first floor. Presumably, they could open a window and sneak out, mm -hmm. um, and so that was exciting. Yeah, I don't I don't think like those people, so I can't. I don't know. I can explain it as well as I can explain Eastern mysticism, which we tried to do a few weeks ago. We did. It's a completely different. It's a completely different like processing perspective, I guess. Like. And I don't know how you come back from that. I don't know how. I do no, believe I that you can forge new pathways in your brain and that you, I think, I believe that God renews minds and that he changes the old man into a new man. I and believe that too. Do you believe that just hearing things or just having those thoughts crash against your skull has, could maybe be part of that reforming process? Well, I think. I have to like I. That's the only reason that I'm continuing to to right. plug away that's at what I think trying to educate my kids. You know, like eventually they learn how to read words that have two vowels in them. But yeah, like but not it, immediately. It takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of dedication to just keep doing that, believing that it's going to be better for them in the long run right. than you know, sending them off to public school where they're not challenged with those things ever. And then they become adults who have these big gaping holes in their theology and in their, you know, processing ability. And then what, you know, I, I don't well, know. Well, then you can still, I, I, I don't know either, but it seems to me like maybe, maybe these, these little conversations just fire, just firing off the truth you know, when, when we can, because you're, I agree, they don't have the benefit of being steeped in truth right. like we are. They don't have a community around them that is constantly splashing truth all over them. Right. They just get little drips of it from us. And right. it's not as, it, it doesn't work as fast as it might work otherwise, but. No, it's hard to paint a garage one drip at a it's time. It's hard to paint a garage one drip at a time, but by golly, we, we should you know, we should still do should we it. Do that? I mean, if, if the best if the best you have is a drip, then uh, you know, go ahead and try and go ahead and throw it up on the garage. Uh, if all you got's a drip, Carl, throw it on the garage. 
Oh my goodness. There you go. There's your t-shirt for this week. It's so hard for people who like to make progress. But we're plotting. Yeah. We're just plotting, Peach. And that's, uh, that's good enough. So... Is that it? Are we done? I don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything else to say either. Go to JohnBrandy.com, become a member, and uh, and teach your kids. Teach your kids to be thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. I'm not going to rescue you this time. You can just make a really bad outro pitch and we'll be out. I couldn't think of it. Teach your kids to be uh thinkers like me. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. See you next-